So yeah, the next day I was like, let's just do it. It's 11. I'm still a little hungover. Let's do it before mm-hmm. it really kicks in. And yeah, I just banged out like a four hour and a four hour and like 16 minutes. You didn't just bang it out. It became a thing. There was a tracker and then it became a fan because it was during a pandemic and there was no sports. You know, it was this. And trust me, like Chinese ping pong. I know because I was looking for shit to bet on. Right. And so we were all following along and betting this Brooks Marathon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> we were setting lines. We were setting odds. We were, we were getting various reports of all kinds of drinks and substances you were on the night before. We're like, I don't know if he's going to he's going to do it with this time. And you you cooked it i mean yeah, you, turner you, turner was you started uh, out fast and you kept on going yeah turner was keeping it updated and it got to the point where i had to run like six miles i had like an hour to run six miles mm. Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, the show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. I'm your host, Sean Bear Flannery. And I'm CJ Sullivan, and each week here on the Blackout Diaries, we have a different theme that usually revolves around drinking. This is uh, drunken feats of strength (laughs) and athletic (laughs) performance. CJ, this is perfect for me because that is my favorite spectator sport. Yeah, you uh, do like above, to above all other organized sports. <laughs> I love to watch drunken feats of strength. It's my absolute favorite thing to say. In fact, I've always argued, and I'm yeah. sure you've had to listen to me make this argument, that the Olympics mm-hmm. should be 20 just random drunks from that country. <laughs> yes. It's, it's more representative of the country's actual athletic ability. Right. Because like, you look it, at America, we're totally out of shape, but our Olympians are the greatest in the world. Mm-hmm. Right, they're always trying to determine who's the best athletes in the world. Well, let's get 100 random samples. Yeah, just some bar that's closing out, because that's what happens when bars close out, which we'll get into. And I've actually, as a spectator, seen you do this. You, This is a great episode for you as well, because you mm-hmm. are a drunken athlete. Yeah. Or yep, were a drunken athlete. athlete. You're retired. Well, sure, retired. <laughs> yeah, I retired from all those <laughs> things. Uh, but you're right. It's funny how you see outside of bars, just men coming out, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Before we go get that burrito, let's do this. <laughs> and I think you're talking about the time I, I remember, uh, we were hanging out with Joe Gallon, Junior Stopka, a couple mm-hmm. of comics, and um, they're they're into a phase where they were do forty times, you know, yes. outside of a bar. Always great time. And uh, the thing was winter Chicago, so conditions were bad anyway. And this it, is downtown Chicago too. This down, is outside of Timothy O'Toole's. It was, it was absolutely yeah, yeah. Ontario there and Fairbanks, whatever. Um, and uh, so we did a forty time, and literally money, money was on involved. There was a uh, not a gun, but a side self, bets, yeah. yeah, side bets. There was a phone. There was a, I mean, I think, um, I think Junior's girlfriend might have had a two scarves like the fifties, you know, like a drag race, <laughs> American graffiti, yeah, style. exactly, yeah. American graffiti style. Uh, and we did it. I don't. I, um, I don't think I was even. I don't even think I went down in a three-point stance, which you're supposed to do. That's what's when mm-hmm. you know when someone's really not um, committed to it. They do the standing mm-hmm. thing, and so he thought. Yeah. He, so Junior th- thought he had me there, but then of course he slipped on the ice and rolled his ankle very badly. <laughs> <laughs> very bad. Kept running with it. He still almost beat. I beat him, but he still almost beat me with like an ankle falling off his <laughs> his, his leg. I- that's what I love about drunken feats of strength. Did you have to explain that injury to everyone you meet for the next week? <laughs> yeah. It put about a. I, I remember we the, we called the battle washes because there was injuries involved, and uh, he was he was out of commission for months. Yeah, unless it gives you time to come up with a better story, but like no, yeah, no, I was just uh, race foot racing my friend at three in the morning <laughs> in downtown Chicago in February. <laughs> And I'm sure we cracked a nice six-second 40 there. So yeah. <laughs> always a bad idea, but then when you get a bad involved, then it's, it, it, it's fun. So we have a... So uh, who do we have this week to talk about drunken feats of strength? Oh, man. Well, we have the hilarious uh, comedian Brooks Whelan and friend of ours, and he's got he's got a lot of great stories that we got involved. But the, the cream of the crop, the cream of the crop, the uh, highlight of it, I, I say, because he is when he, he drunkenly... Um, Boasted 
that he could easily run a marathon tomorrow, <laughs> like the next day. I love every aspect of yeah. this. I love every aspect of How this. How hard can this thing be? Yeah. Come on. It be? <laughs> it's no also training. great, too, because marathon runners, once you run a marathon, that's your entire personality. Mm-hmm. That's so right. it's basically like saying, like, I can become a really good Catholic tomorrow <laughs> if I want. Like offending, it's almost like you're offending their spirituality. Yes. You know? Like their whole identity is built around marathon running. Pretty sure that's where it stemmed from. Like sick of hearing people talking about, you know, this <laughs> incredible marathon and people making yeah. you su- donate for your marathon. People want you to donate for my mile. What? Just run your thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to support how you run it. Anyway, he's got uh, he's got a couple great stories, including that one. So we're gonna, we'll get into that in uh, – um, yeah, it's just it's just great. It went viral. It was in uh, this story got in GQ because it was during a pandemic and there was no sports story. So we yeah, just, it was something we wanted to cling to. You could follow it's the Sea Biscuit of uh, you know it the really pandemic was. times. Yeah, absolutely. Really. I won't I won't spoil anything. But yeah, no. let's get right into it. Yeah, without uh, further ado, let's uh, take it back to when the night got away from Brooks Whelan. All right, welcome back to the Blackout Diaries. I'm CJ Sullivan, along with guests in the in the studio. Sure, also called a studio. Mm-hmm. Brooks Whelan, how you doing, Brooks? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I have so many drunken stories. I wasn't. Well, slow down, Jesus Christ! Say hi to everyone first. Hey, how's it going? Actually, you know what? I got. So I have, we were talking before. <laughs> how's it going, everybody? Uh, I can tell a too high story, and then I can tell a story about how I got arrested. But it was a rare time I didn't deserve to be arrested. Oh, I like that. Uh, you were the only the only time where you should not have been arrested. You were an innocent man. Probably one of the first time in history. Yeah. Someone did not. Yeah. Bob Dylan <laughs> sing a song about it. And got me out. <laughs> I should say um, Sean Flannery had a step. He couldn't do this interview because you refused to do it in front of him. I believe you said you said uh, I, I walk if Flannery is involved. In no, this you said uh, when we set this up, how does Friday work two ish? And I said, OK. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't, there was no more contact. And I set up a, a lunch with the person at two. I'm kidding. It's not, the, I'm kidding about the boycott for God's sakes. And he said, you keep, you get, we have Brooks book. You keep him booked because who knows when you're going to get him next. He might be out in the, uh, you know, top of Sequoia or some, you know, national park out there. You, you, have, you have him locked down. You keep him locked down. I, we're going to do a Charlie Rose style interview. I'm not afraid of this. Sounds good to me. Yeah, no, I was just like, I, yeah, if we, if we'd planned to, I would have done too, but we, there was, it was very Brooks. This is a drinking storytelling show. The bookings aren't going to be rock solid. The scheduling is the, is the biggest hurdle we have to get through. Understandable. Let's do it. And I did send you an email. I think I got two in the morning last night. I think I, like, I, I, I'm like, Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta tell Brooks that we're doing this. Cause in my head, I was like, that. maybe that's nine. No, that was my bad. Yeah. No, it was my bad for sure. And, uh, and that's what's going to make this interview great. The entire time we're going to say, should we do this some other time? You know, as we're as we're uh, giving it to him. I'm just joking. But, exactly. but I was not worried because Brooks, a long time, of course, friend, you are made for this show, The Blackout Diaries. You have a thousand stories. And I've been a part of a lot of them with you. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason why I probably don't drink anymore, actually, is because of all the stories that I've done with, with you. Uh, uh, that's not true. That's not true. I mean, I can uh, say we can talk about a little teaser for what we'll get into later. Um, yeah. I was doing the hideout in Chicago. Peak. Peak uh, ego mm. for, for me. Not that I was mean to anybody. I just didn't think anybody could touch me. Like I didn't <laughs> think I could get in trouble. You know, I was 28. Freshly, yeah. freshly fired off SNL, so I had nothing to lose. Fired from New York, as you famously tweeted. Yeah, and, um, you know, I was on top of the world. And uh, <laughs> we were at the hideout, and the it got a little rowdy. We can get into it later, but, like, you took yeah, a shower like- in there. I did take a shower. The owner, the whoever was running the hideout came upstairs and started yelling at everybody. And since I was like going up last in my head, I'm like, well, I'm headliner. I was like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. And she goes, you're the biggest fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had a parade of like 30 people getting kicked out of that room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was very. Well, like I said, that's a teaser. We'll get into that. Let's get into your main story for right now. When I, come, I, like, I like this. Is it the arrest of one or the. Too high to enter a movie. I don't know. Um, well, okay. I can tell. Uh, I'll tell the too high to go to get into a movie. Do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do. And then I can I can talk about how I've been. Uh, I've gotten one public intox, and it's a rare moment of I didn't deserve that. 
Love it. Let's get into it. Uh, floor is yours. Floor is yours. So two stone to get into a movie happened. Um, it was right when I moved to Los Angeles in 2009, I would have been 22 years old and I am trying to be part of the weed culture. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're from the Midwest. I'm from Iowa. All right. From Iowa. Yeah. And I just, you know, I'd smoke weed in Iowa, but it was like Iowa weed. Uh, and with Iowa people who, you know, it's like, it's our like third drug we do. All right. <laughs> it's, in, it's in between cigarette breaks, crushing Milwaukee's basket. Yeah. 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 Then we'll do a, we'll take it. We'll smoke a little weed and then I move out here and it's just, everyone is so good at weed and they're incredible. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's also that rare, that like time in your life where you're trying too hard, just in everything, uh, trying too hard, like trying too hard, like with, uh, how you dress, mm. uh, the music you listen to, you know, it's like nothing you really do. Like, you're just like, this is who I should be. And you're doing that. Right. And it's when the movie, um, Alice in Wonderland came out. The Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland, L.A., 22-year-old Brooks. You're stepping right in to an NFC Championship game style mm-hmm. of weed culture. And I don't. And they're like, you're not you're not doing any spring training. You're going right to the playoffs. Weed's not legal. So uh, I get edibles from mm-hmm. my neighbors. Uh, and then I decide, you know, like, what would a cool guy do? He'd eat weed and see Alice in Wonderland. And I'm living <laughs> in Huntington Beach. Okay. Uh, so right on the and you meet you immediately meet the neighbors that are that are dealers in Huntington Beach. They, they come with it. They're, they're like the welcoming party. That's like they how they bring Tupperware over. These are nice guys. Everybody in Huntington Beach and the beach just has weed. Yeah, and they just are like, hey man, yeah, they're, they're part of their barter system. Yes, like I think I bought them pizza later. It was very very even. <laughs> um, so I drive up to I eat the weed and then hop in the car before it hits me because I'm like terrified. I'm bad at weed. And I drive up to uh, the Huntington Beach Mall, which is like four miles away. And I'm going to see Alice in Wonderland in 3D by myself. And I'm standing in line and when the weed just like destroys me. Just out of nowhere, I freak out. Like These these gummies, like these are non-sanctioned before legal gummies or brown, whatever they were. They could, whatever these guys laced them with. Yeah, they were like homemade. Yeah, back when you could, that, that was the real roll of the dice. They're not like today's where you oh, 10 milligrams, you yeah. measure it out. Here, like, you, you eat it and see what happens. It was like a World War One grenade that's like, <laughs> it might work. <laughs> How would we know until it goes up? It went off. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in line when the grenade explodes way later than I thought. And I kind of have a meltdown. I'm just like really nervous, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I start getting worked up about, how do how do I uh, get a ticket to the movie? Yeah, and the it line's right? moving, and I'm in the line, and uh, the person left. Person got her ticket, and now it's my turn, and I'm I'm really scared, like really really scared <laughs> to talk to somebody. I haven't, you know, I I, I talked about it once of like you ever like talk too loud because you haven't talked in a while. Like that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you're in your head the entire time, right? Like you're listening to headphones or something. You don't know. You don't know how you sound out loud in the real world. Yeah. So I was like, she, "Yo," and she's like, "Easy, what?" Um, <laughs> and she's got that box too with the microphone yes, that comes exactly. out. Exactly. You know? And she's like, "Can I? Can I help you?" And I, and I scrambled, <laughs> and I said, um, "One for the film." Yes. And she's, film, she's like, "What? What?" <laughs> Like there's a lot of movies. Like it's like a fucking 24 screen theater. Right. But but there's only one film, ma'am. Yeah. And that is by Tim Burton. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like one for the talkie. Um, <laughs> and she was like, you need to be more specific. I don't know what right. you mean. And I just freaked out and I go, <laughs> and then I left. I like walked away. I, <laughs> I, I walked back to my car and I was like kind of freaking out. I mean, like really freaking out. Yeah. How often do you fumble that? Uh, right. So I hung up by my car for a while being like, okay. And, but then I'm really paranoid that I'm just hanging out by my car and I'm in trouble. Much, wor- much worse. Yeah. And then I'm like, I can't drive home. That's so far. No, no, uh, no. That That's certainly not a task you could tackle if you could not handle a ticket transaction. Exactly. So then I'm like, do I walk home? And then I'm like, then my car's here. Uh, and I was like, well, what do I do? And I was like, the safest place 
is in the movie I came here to see. This is all real. So then mm-hmm. I have to build up the courage to go back and do it again. <laughs> you, you're not going to wait till the, her shift's over. You're like, you know what? Hopefully she'll forget. You don't do fake mustache or anything. You're just going to oh. do it again. I love it. Totally. So I just kind of walk back to her to where I kind of like to think about what her day was a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, what is he doing? He's back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, I, but I'd practice and I was like, uh, yeah, you went to Alice in Wonderland. Um, and she's like, yeah, you can, that's, yeah, that's one of them. Uh, which one? <laughs> I was like, now. And so she gave me tickets to see it now. And I went in and uh, gave him the ticket. And this is like, just like the added insanity. Um, it was in 3D, but I was so scrambled up. I didn't get the glasses. Oh my God. Yeah. So, and I'm alone. So I go just storm into the theater and I sit down and I'm just like, I felt safe. Like I didn't even feel comfortable getting popcorn or soda. I'm like, you don't deserve it. No, you're a, you're a fucking drug addict. You don't deserve to enjoy this movie. And I sit down and watch it and it's blurry. You know, it's just slightly off. It's not terrible, but it's enough to where you're like, what? Shocking choices by Tim Burton here. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but um, I was, this is, this is all real. I, I I was, by the time I realized it, it was too late in the movie. Like it was, you know, 10 minutes in, that's like too late. Maybe if you're like drunk or sober, you could be like, Hey, I goofed up. Uh, I didn't know this mm-hmm. 3d, but if you're high, you're like, I can't, it, I cannot tell them that what I did. <laughs> so I watched a, a blurry, a fully blurry like Alice in Wonderland 3D the whole time. Just because. You sat down for the whole movie? Yeah, I was terrified. Now, how did you know? Did you notice the other people wearing glasses or was it because of the blurry experience? No, I looked around you? and I was like, these fuckers are like in men in black. <laughs> that would freak me out. They all looked at you at the same time too with the, with the 3D glasses. Like, what are you doing here? You have to, you have to try this again. Yeah, no, it was so that's my like dumb got too high story. I can tell my, um, the only time I didn't deserve to be arrested story. Yeah, absolutely. Hold on one second. Let's recap that uh, story. I kind of wish you kept doing that going from going to the car and failing at the window without lady, mm-hmm. the movie ticket back to the car. Okay. Let me try this again. Another 20 minutes running your, running your lines, which happens in LA all the time. Mm-hmm. And then just going back to her. Nope. Try again. And she keeps sending you off back and forth. That would have made her shift the entire time. That would have made a shift. The yeah. Entirely yeah. Great. I've talked about it on stage and in my, in, in my recollection, I w- walked weird at that time, you know, cause mm-hmm. you get like yep. kind of what arm goes, where your arm goes when you walk. So yeah. And she was like, there's like a robot. did you ever think like oh man la might be a little bit too much for me coming in well i made a mistake moving out here from from my my little iowa boy i can't i mean the the movies out here guys when do you it's just different yeah i was like huntington beach is too much for me i was living in huntington beach is too much hb man uh yeah so that's it's not it's just like i don't think i've been that high since then that's probably the highest i've no, I've been higher once. It was the first time I smoked out of a bong in college, and I couldn't get out of my friend's lawn. Like I was like, <laughs> like had to like figure out how to call him and be like, "You got to come get me." And he's like, "Dude, I can see you from my window." <laughs> uh, Did that movie give you a head? That movie had to give you a headache if you're watching a 3D movie without 3D glasses. I don't think I, the, uh, I didn't watch. Oh no, 3D is different than the way it used to be. That's for sure. I don't. I didn't watch most of it. I couldn't tell you much that happened. It was just a lot of me in my head being like, "You, you fucking idiot!" You know, like <laughs> I didn't focus on anything. What a nightmare! It was terrible. It was really bad. I was like really like lonely and high. Mm. <laughs> it's not a good experience. <laughs> and you can't even get snacks because that would have been a disaster. Oh, you yeah, already told gonna, yourself you didn't deserve it. Well, also, like I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to figure that out. That's a Rubik's right. cube. I don't know right now. <laughs> That's an open and it's an open like bar of cost of like employees that you have to do at least the window uh, the the ticket taker she's in a box you know mm-hmm. in a window and there's a glass between you when yeah. there's an open forum there's five or six employees that could gang up on you and I got to tell them like how much butter like you know actually no you got to do butter on your own there ah it's terrifying I, I'm gonna ruin this popcorn. <laughs> 
I hate that butter on your own, by the way. Side note, the, the, the new butter on Yeah, go butter it yourself. What? Yeah, put in, put in used- half a popcorn and drench the t- then I can drench the top layer with I- whatever that fucking motor oil is. Yeah, I used to work at a movie theater and if you if I I'd be like, How much butter do you want? And they were like, Well, you know, just a little. I'm like, you got it. And somebody's like, Oh, I'll I'll tell you when. I go, fucking tell me when. I would ruin their popcorn because I'll <laughs> I'll let you go until tell me to stop. <laughs> It's Valvoline out of that machine. It's disgusting. No, it fucks you up. It's really bad. But like, I remember one lady at at my uh, movie theater I worked at in Dubuque, Iowa. It was um, ultimate free refills. Uh, So not just one. That's how they phrase it. Ultimate free refills. Not just one free refill. Ultimate Ultimate. refills. So people (laughs) would sneak their tubs of popcorn out and back in. Mm. So, because it's free refills. Uh, I see. They come back. After yeah. Goes, right, I remember right. one time a lady came and it was like a Spider-Man 2 promotion on her popcorn bag. And I was like, man, we're showing Spider-Man 3. <laughs> well, give me. Do you have a Sharpie then? This is an easily fixable problem. I was like, this is translucent. <laughs> you can see through your fucking bag. <laughs> so, That's so, the yeah. ultimate. Yeah, I love that. I love working in the theater. Um, okay, I can tell you about the time I got arrested. Um, yeah, let's get to that because it's the only time in history where you did not deserve to get arrested. Yes, did not deserve it at all. Because um, because do deserve to have been arrested uh, many times. Sure, but um, and have been only this time, only once. You've only this is the only time you've been arrested ever. Yeah. Actually, I believe that you're you can you're you're, you're a slippery fella. You can get slippery, yourself yes. out of. I can get out. I can get. I can get out of stuff. Yeah. I, I made a mug out of it. I got a mug shot mug. If you want to buy them, it's my mug shot on a mug. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pl- plugs at the end, Brooks. But go ahead. Uh, yeah. I mean, I drink. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My girlfriend's like, it makes me really sad. <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> I was 20. So I'm 20. It's Iowa City, Iowa. It's um, Halloween. I'm dressed as Ali G. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend is dressed as Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtle, and and I use friend loosely because he turns on me. That's how I get arrested. Um, <laughs> and it's cold, you know. It's the Midwest. It's October thirtieth. Yeah, it's freezing. Yeah, it wasn't the thirty first yet, but uh, it was October thirtieth. It's freezing. Night. And we're twenty year olds who still don't really know our way around town to move off campus into this apartment in Iowa City at the University of Iowa. And uh, I just got a possession of alcohol under the legal age, like a month before, because somebody, a cop saw us, caught us drinking in an alley. And that's, I'm like, oh shit. And Mm -hmm. um, my girlfriend at the time ran when the cop was like, hey, stop. And she got away and she did not get a ticket. So that taught me always run. Yeah. But the, but the rule before that is always be a woman. Then th- that's it. That's a key part of that rule because <laughs> the woman's not going to get a ticket or go to jail. You're going to get one, right? But yeah. I didn't go to jail. Just got a yeah. You're drinking out. Right. Uh, Just got a ticket. So I'm like, fuck. I should always run. So cut to fast forward a month later, and we're we're terrible. We're we're like the ultimate twenty nineteen twenty year olds in college who like you know we would break into a construction site and like it's really awful, but we would tear it up. You know, like we would yeah, pull wires out. We'd knock over all the porta potties. We'd throw rocks through all the windows. Punks, absolutely. That's what we did. Just absolute awful stuff that I look back and I'm really ashamed of. Um, like yeah, like found like keys in a backhoe, drove that through a wall. Like really <laughs> nuts. I like, love it, Iowa. They, like so, all that karma caught up to me one night. Um, I'm I'm running home. I grow. I have the worst goatee ever. Uh, you know, I'm trying to be Ali G. I've got the skull cap. Ali G's like not that popular, you know. But I learned how to <laughs> do the fingers. Like, yo, yes, me. You're you're in character all night. You're doing the accent. Oh, love being in character. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we jog past the house that I did not know had just been robbed. Um, oh my god. Yeah. And so when a cop car sh- like c- pulls in, we're jogging because it's cold. And we're running home. It's like, you know, 30 degrees. Yeah. Um, and you're dressed like a white rapper. Yeah. And a Ninja Turtle. And <laughs> the cops are like, yo, stop. And I'm like, absolutely not. This is when you turn it on. I've just right. learned from my girlfriend. This is where your training kicks in. Yeah. So I bolt, I run, jump over a fence, knock myself out on a bird bath. 
like <laughs> clock my chin. Like I'm so lucky I missed my teeth. I hit my chin on a bird bath and I'm like out. Like I wake up, but like I, I was out, I don't know, maybe a few minutes to where like they don't know where I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then I just like slink away and sprint just through backyards to get away from the crime. Oh, so, th- so you stumbled upon a plan that worked there. You, the cops couldn't find you because you were unconscious. Mm-hmm, exactly. I'm like laying down under a bird. <laughs> but then I'm lost. And this is 2006. And uh, we, I don't have, you know, we don't have maps on our phones. So no. I call my roommate, Morgan, to get out the phone book. So yeah, he called the landline. Me. No, no, like just tell in the back of our phone books in Iowa, they had a map on them. Oh, because okay. I'm like, yes. yo, I'm at the, this corner. Mm-hmm. How do I get home from this corner? I'm really lost. I love this plan. Really drunk. And he answers and he's like, hey, babe, what's up? And I'm like, what the fuck are you saying, babe, for? Dude, get out the phone book. I'm on oh. like, Johnson, <laughs> fucking, I don't know, Gilbert. And he's like, <laughs> all right, who knows? And it hung up. <laughs> and I was like, well, that sounds, uh, sounds yeah, bad. So <laughs> uh, he's be- he must be being held hostage right now. Yeah. And he's trying to save your life. But I'm like such an idiot. I was like, I should have not called back, but I just called back. I was like, yo, Morgan, are there cops there? And he was like, don't know what else to tell you, babe. (laughs) He's been it really cool. But yeah, thought we went over this last time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Stop bothering us. And then dumbly, I don't know, because I didn't know what I was like, holy shit, these guys must really want me for for drinking underage. (laughs) These are crazy cops. Right, they're stalking out waiting for you. Yeah, so I was like, oh, all right, fuck, put them on, which is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Because uh, mm-hmm. then they hop on, they're like, where are you at? And I'm like, I'm at this corner and this corner. I guess I'm busted. I don't even know for what. Did the cops impersonate your roommate there? Like, hey, buddy, where are <laughs> they? Were, why, don't you, why don't you spot something that you, you notice, right? And we'll come get you. They were not, they were not, uh, they were cops. And I was like, right, right. <laughs> then I just had to wait for cops to come get me. And I don't even, uh, I'm like, these guys hate drinking when you're 20. That's all I can think. I don't know about yeah. the house robbery, which they think right. I did. So they come and they get me and I'm bleeding everywhere out of my Because <laughs> I hit that bird bath. I got all right. You knocked yourself out. You just yeah. came too. And they pull up. And they're like, do you got any drugs on you? I was like, no. And they're like, you probably threw them away already. I go, okay, let's take it easy. Mm-hmm. Like, like I drank. They're like, we know you robbed the house. And I'm like, what? There's a robbery? Like, I just found <laughs> yes. out about the robbery. And <laughs> right. Yeah, your your buddy who did it told us where he lived. Because they picked up my buddy, and then they took him over to the house, and the house is like, that's the guy who did it. He's dressed as Michelangelo. Wait, Michelangelo said that you did it? The Ninja Turtle. No, but he's... In his slight defense, I still wouldn't have done it. He was like, I didn't rob this house. Talk to my friend who was with me. He lives at uh, 302 East Gilbert. As there, as his alibi is you. Yes. And he's trying to, and, they, and they're going to get, they're going to ring you both up. Yeah. And I, I don't defend Michelangelo on that. That's dumb. Yeah. So you don't know that's me. And you, you, know, you know, you don't bring you up at all. If you can't get out of it, that's on you. We'll come get you later. Exactly. So, you know? he, so, so they come to my apartment where they meet my mo- roommate Morgan when I'm calling to ask where I'm at. So right. That's how this mix-up happened. Uh, so the cops come get me. Mor- Morgan's not out for Halloween, by the way. He's at home just taking these calls. Mm, I was late. It was three or so. You know, he might have already okay. already been home for me. I like him in costume handling the girlfriend call. I'm yeah. doing the doing the ruse in front of the cops. Uh, so they as like Austin Powers or something. Yeah, <laughs> Hi, baby. <laughs> hey, baby. Um, <laughs> so they then. Okay. I get in the back of the car. They cuff you? They didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, hop in the back of the car, and then we're cruising. They take me to the to the house, and they're like, is this the guy who did it? And they're like, no, that's not the guy. And I was like, oh, cool. Huge misunderstanding. Uh, <laughs> if you guys could just let me out, that'd be great. All right. We'll just be on our way then. <laughs> you're like, I don't know, man. Because uh, it blew like a not even that much. Probably because I've been running and knocked out. 
Yeah, you're also bleeding from your head. Yeah, yeah. And that's not. And it's usually not policy to let you onto the streets back right. out there with open wounds. So I blew like a point, like one. You know, like nothing, nothing. Crazy. Yeah, you couldn't drive. Maybe you could drive a tractor though. It's Iowa. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, let me out. And then uh, they're like, no, not at all. Uh, and they took. They're like, you have to go to jail for public intox. They go, what? Uh, and they're like, and you ran. And I go, well, of course I ran. You guys suck. Um, and they thought that was funny. They like, we ended up having a nice banter. And I told them, I run an open mic on Wednesdays. If you guys ever yeah, want to come, come on by, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we ended up becoming kind of friendly, All right? Uh, and um, they, we get to the police station, and they're like, "Hey, we got a cuff you to take you in." And I was like, just playing ball like an idiot. I was just like, "Look, yeah. I get it." You guys got jobs to do. I got to, I got to say, like 20 year old idiot. Yeah. Um, For like, the cameras. I got it. You know, go through the whole process. Not like, the team if I had to be arrested by two guys, I'm glad it was you. Uh, <laughs> and I went to shake their hand and the one cop goes, dude, you're bleeding fucking everywhere. <laughs> and the other cop, Goes, hey, come on, blood washes off. I like this guy. And he said, Oh my God. And they handcuffed me and fucked me pretty good with like a $900 ticket. And I had to uh, live in jail. And here you are, an innocent man for once. For once, exactly. That's why it's like, I don't feel bad about the mugshot. I was like, This is an innocent guy. I got a big gash in my chin and everything. Right. And it was all for avoiding because you, uh, didn't learn the true lesson. That's to be a woman and not. Be yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's great, Brooks. Thank you very much for. Uh, I, I know we're making you do a lot of heavy lifting. That's why I want to get involved in here and uh, help you out. Like I said before, we have we we did give him a tease. I do want to mention the marathon, but we also got we did give him a tease. We'll get into that right now. The hideout story, where it's me and you. It's probably probably one of the drunkest we've been together. I think. Yes. Um, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I'd imagine it was a comedy show. Was that was our festival going on? Is that what yeah, it was the Chicago Comedy Fest, like the first time it ever happened. And I think the only time it ever happened. <laughs> right. There's been a lot of comedy fest, like first and last at Chicago. And I remember like the first year, way back, even before that, um, back when you were fucking knocking yourself out on bird feeders, there was a Chicago Comedy Fest, like sponsored by all these beers. And then the next year, they all pulled out. Like, yeah, we can't be a part of this. There's just too much fucking debauchery and and uh, mug shots going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the 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 hideout is in a hipsterville area there. And it's, I just remember being so hot there. It was in the summer, no air conditioning. It's just, it's this old. It's like kind of a house. It's a cool room, great venue, very hipstery. And the green room's upstairs, almost in an attic. So it was extra hot, and it was fucking packed nuts to butts up there. Mm-hmm. And they had a full bathroom. And I'm always up for using a full bathroom. And I'm I don't know if I was in my towel phase. Sometimes I used to rock a towel like Jerry Tarkanian, but I would, you know, on stage, but I'd have different color towels, like a dark one for evening, you know, a brown one, but in matched outfits, you know, kind of like the way uh, people wear sneakers now and sneakers and hats, but I wear them with towels because I would always be sweating and um, drinking and sweating. And so I decided to, uh, yeah, take a full shower. And there was like 30, there was like 30 of us fucking comics up yep. there while it was happening. And if, if there's any details you can remember, you can... Certainly, because we didn't know each other too well, and you were just so funny to me. I was always a big fan of yours, but we never like hung out, and that was the first time. Like, I was like, dude, this guy's about it. (laughs) (laughs) He lives it. He's just (laughs) no joke here. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. I remember, like, I was like, I I was just like so uh, (laughs) confident that you know, I was like, you know, it's sold out. It's fine. Who cares? And I was so mad. They're so mad. I remember, and I remember, and like you were right when you said that. Like we had that out there. Well, she's obviously talking about the rest of these idiots who don't belong here. <laughs> not the one, not the one that's doing eight minutes in about a half an hour that deserves to be up here right. drinking all of these fucking free bottles. Yeah. She, I think I came out just toweling off. What's that now? Are we a problem up here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so hot. She was so pissed. I remember after that, we all went to the Putterbaugh sister's house mm-hmm. and it was straight out of a out of the scene from Dumb and Dumber where he shits in a broken toilet. <laughs> I did that at their house and they were like, I hope you're not taking a shit in there. I go, oh, no, yeah, they're the classic. It doesn't work. Nothing works there. That was the pub. That was the, that was not even, that doesn't even make the top 10 or probably worst things that happened at that place. Um, even at night, let alone that week. It was like the, 
it was in the ghetto too. It was like the fucking Candyman apartment or something like in Chicago. And like it was just, but we always just wound up there. That was fun. Um, yeah, I remember. Her, I remember just her screaming that was a hideout lady just for everyone, and you're and you're you almost like put your arm around her like I know right with these fucking that's exactly with, yeah, I was just like, with I was these like, kids. Look, I'll handle it, and she goes, <laughs> "You you are the biggest problem. You are the ringleader. You're the goddamn. You're the one with the name on the board." <laughs> so and I just remember like we all walked like we were walking because you had to go walk down like a flight of steps, like an attic like set of steps. It, was, it felt like a high school house party where like where the parents came home and like busted up the party and everyone's leaving like one by one in shame, you know. Yeah, like, I remember piled out. He yelled, I've never had a band here who behaved like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's a music venue itself. <laughs> it was great. Oh, I remember the uh, same festival I went and did what are you uh, you'll know the name of the restaurant, but the like Al Capone restaurant where you have to do stand up like in the middle of it. Yeah. The Green Mill. Green Mill. Yeah. And I opened with I can't believe you're like um, worshiping this fucking murderer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I could not dig myself out of that hole. <laughs> yeah, no, it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you might as well. You might, you might as well stab Mike Dick in the fucking heart right yeah, there. It was that. <laughs> I was like, he murdered a lot of people. He's not a good guy. Yeah, but he used to sit right over there. So you know, <laughs> what can we do? We that's his booth. You know he what I mean? Got his booth where he sits in the corner, so nobody can shoot him from behind on account of he murdered their dad. <laughs> uh, Brooks, before I let you go, you've been fantastic. Um, yeah, we'll let you plug right now. Actually, I want to plug that mug. By the way, oh, it's fine. You can. Uh, I don't even know if I have it up on Etsy anymore. Uh, just go to if you just you don't need to. If you want to see the mug, go to. It's a long way to get there. Uh, <laughs> yes, to go through it all. Go through no, the whole just, process. I have a podcast called Entry Level, and uh, amazing Entry podcast. Level. By the way. Thank you. Yeah, you were so funny. Entry Level has um, a website. Uh, right, that's got Etsy merch that has the mugshot mug. It does. It's got it on there, great. and all kinds of entry level merch. Yeah. Fantastic podcast. If you've never heard it, for I, I, by the way, I just we just had to do a thing for the blackout diaries where I don't know, like, uh, not Substack, but some fucking pod pocket like list of favorite podcasts, and I threw we threw entry level on. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it's great. If if you want to hear um like a bunch of, I would love to have Sean on it as well. I was going to ask him, but uh, if you want to hear, build, he's got amazing ones. Yeah, if you want to hear like funny, famous comedians and celebrities, and musicians talk about all the jobs they had before they could quit and become full-time um, musicians, comedians, or actors, uh, that's what we talk about. Everything yeah. that they had to do to get to where they are. Like I said in the description, it's one of those ideas you hear like you can't believe it hasn't been done before, and then and then you hear like, oh yeah, of course, of course, this makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it came from like I've had so many jobs, and I'm like, I, these are my like. Yours are the best. The fuck the cave. I mean, the, the movement that is fuck the cave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's first, not even, you know. first job ever was I was a tour guide inside a cave and uh, really upset me and the people <laughs> who work there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll, I'll leave that as a teaser for them to discover on their own as they get to the entry level wormhole. Yeah, here we go. It's got a real kind of a universe that I didn't. Yeah. Expect. It really does. It's I amazing. I can't believe I haven't been hit with like a cease and like a, a cease and desist. About from the cave. cave people, yeah. I went. <laughs> I went to the cave last year and like filmed a little bit, uh, asking them questions, and it was yeah. so dark I didn't even put it out. The kids were so sad. Oh, but they didn't recognize you. That like that old joke when a guy gets kicked out of a bar, comes back thirty years later, like get the fuck out of here, Kevin. No, no, they, they are. <laughs> I remember uh, I got a, a message from a guy back, and I was like the woman who owned the cave died and he sent it to me. And I was like, uh, that's the daughter of the woman who owned the cave. <laughs> you know, a lot of them have died. Oh my God. I was like, that's that was amazing. the young buck when I was there. Right. <laughs> You've gone through generations. Yeah. Of these caves. Um, so one of the greatest things that, uh, happened during the pandemic was you running the marathon, Brooks Whelan. And um, it, and we, the reason why I loved it, because it came off a drunken bet, which we just yeah. did an episode on drunk prop bets. And uh, I love that when you run your mouth, drunk, I would usually just run my mouth drunk and wake up the plans like I ready to go hiking, like shit like that. Like, what? When, when did I say that? You know, you always wake up to like, I can't believe I made those plans. We're going to the museum today. Like I said that last night. Yeah, like, yeah he said shenanigans. Don't you remember that? Like, no, no, I don't. 
But you ran your mouth with uh, Nick Turner, mm. not a good friend. And you said, you said you, did you say like I could run a marathon tomorrow, eight minute mile? How did it go? I said I was just bitching on people who make running marathons their identity. I'm like these yes, fucking losers. Sure. Anybody the worst. Marathon, they're so easy. Mm-hmm. No way it's hard. So easy, yes. Uh, and <laughs> you can you can run them in a costume for Christ's sake. There's like Mickey Mouse running these exactly, things. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and he was like, "You can't run one." I was like, "I'll run one fucking tomorrow for five Tomorrow, minutes. I love that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> two in the morning, and um, I was like, "Noon, noon start time." And he was like, "Okay." And then I think he thought about it for a little bit, and he was like, "You got to run it under the average." And I was like, "Oof, this is different." I just, I didn't know that we were doing the time. That's crazy. Then we looked it up. That's that's reckless of Turner, by the way, to throw that out there. I mean, you you could have been in the hospital. It's 500 bucks. But we looked it up and Oprah had run like a 425. (laughs) Like, and I'm like, look, man, even hungover, I should be able to run faster than a trained Oprah. That's funny because Oprah is usually the standard of ridicule for anyone who runs a marathon, like friends who run a marathon. Like, you got to beat Oprah, man. That's what it was. I was like, I can beat Oprah. I don't give a shit. What did Oprah put in? Like a 426, maybe. Jesus. That's not bad, right? Not great. Not great. I I couldn't do that. Not great. Um, You could do it. So, yeah, the next day I was like, let's just do it. It's 11. I'm still a little hungover. Let's do it before Mm -hmm. it really kicks in. And yeah, I just banged out like a four hour and a four hour and like 16 minutes. You didn't just bang it out. It became a thing. There was a tracker and then it became a fan because it was during the pandemic and there was no sports. You know, it was this. And trust me, like Chinese ping pong. I know because I was looking for shit to bet on. Right. And so we were all following along and betting this Brooks marathon. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we were setting lines. We were setting odds. We were, we were getting various reports of all kinds of drinks and substances you were on the night before. We're like, I don't know if he's going to he's going to do it with his time. And you you cooked it i mean yeah, you, turner you, turner was you started uh, out fast and you kept on going yeah turner was keeping it updated and it got to the point where i had to run like six miles i had like an hour to run six miles mm. uh might have even been less than that i don't know but it was i mean more than that because six miles in an hour is like you got to be kind of it's, it's a decent pace but it was <laughs> I, I had time i got to yeah. lay down for a little bit you laid down now is that a good strategy you're a runner my knee was breaking. I broke my knee during this. <laughs> uh, I got iliotibial band syndrome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, oh so then I like God. hobbled the leg. No la- training whatsoever. What, what were you doing in the months before this, by the way? I'd run like three miles every other day. Three miles every other day. Just whatever. Just to keep it, whatever. Keep it nice. Get a, get a good sweat. Yeah, exactly. You know, the longest I'd ever run in my life before this was 10 miles. Oh. Um, so we... Almost tripled that. Uh, but you were a wrestler for Iowa, probably. Yeah. I so mean, it yeah. just it's never seemed that hard. Yeah. Did it. it was fine. Uh, Did in the it. morning, <laughs> felt like my legs had been beaten by bats all day. I, I imagine it was crazy. I had to go to fucking. I think I spent more on physical therapy afterwards. Fine <laughs> <laughs> because it was Turner's money. Yeah, you won five hundred dollars from Turner for this yeah, marathon. You won the hearts and souls of everyone. You won a goddamn sh- shoe uh, sponsorship from Asics, right? Yeah. Then I so then so basically I had to because uh, it's not that fast four sixteen, but it's fast if you've never tried. And so the <laughs> Asics hit me up. And uh, and this like got in GQ, like it was like a thing. It was like no, there yeah, was no was. content. It was the low bar of content. And this, I mean, yeah, this is before the last dance. We needed something in the sports world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, so then Asics was like, hey, if we pay you to train correctly, uh, and you write about training, uh, <laughs> will you will you do it? And they give me like seven hundred fifty right. bucks. It wasn't that much, but any any excuse to like work out. You know what I mean? I'm like, I have to work out because I'm being paid. Sure. I'm a sponsored athlete by eight. Right. <laughs> and by and ASICs, by correctly, do you mean not drink a case of uh, Miller High Life's the night before I go out into the uh, ice release? I trained properly and I didn't drink the week before. And I was oh, I go. was feeling good. Like I was feeling really good. So I tried to cut it from a 416 mile into a 315 mile. I tried to take wow. it. I mean, marathon. Marathon. Yeah, yeah. Try to pull an hour off, which that's a <laughs> the lofty goal. Um, and that's twenty five percent of your fucking time mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, you shave that right off. And uh, so I went out a little, little hard. I got, I think I got to like my half marathon, around like ninety minutes. 
She said, I'm like on pace for like a three hour marathon. I was going, cause I trained. I did. I did yeah. Or I mean, anything else. And then I, at like 18 miles, um, I of course was like, this isn't really funny. I need to make this funny. I do comedy. I tried to parlay uh, this into a new sponsorship. So I chugged a 20 ounce Mountain Dew and said, Mountain Dew, it's good for you. Yes. Uh, and my body broke. <laughs> like I had cramps in like my triceps. Like I just drank a bunch of acid. And you might as, yeah, you might as well have the mainline sugar, just neat natal heroin, Lou Reed heroin style. Dude, it was just crazy. right into the veins. I couldn't. I like couldn't walk. I like uh, called my brother and was like, "Yo, I can't do this." And he was like, "Just walk the rest of it." So I walked the next eight miles and ran a four hour and 30 minute marathon. <laughs> One 20 ounce Mountain Dew yeah. turned you from, turned you from a, a Kenyan back to Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically <laughs> that's an ad right there. I'll tell yeah. you what, for yeah, whoever yeah. Mountain Dew's rival is. Uh, oh man. Well, you, you did, you did so much entertainment to all of a sudden in a time that we barely, that we all needed it so much. During the uh, lockdown, when you gave us sports, when this whole world needed it. And, well, I appreciate uh, it. An, insp yeah. an inspiration. Uh, it was, yeah, I mean, it was a nice distraction, uh, which yes. I appreciate. And I, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of this podcast. I'm a fan of you and Sean's and uh, all of your uh, de delightful things. I'm going to get Sean on entry level. Come check out CJ if you haven't already. He's very, very great episode. Yes. Uh, I love, I like you plugging me on my podcast. I enjoy like that. Yeah, no, I know how to do, I know how to play the game. <laughs> I want back. I want to come back. I need to think on like a on a darker uh, drunk. I know. I feel bad that uh, was the. But this is. The, but I feel it now. I feel like this is the way it was supposed to happen. Though, yeah. me not texting you back. You think okay? Well, I guess this isn't happening. Let me just schedule a <laughs> meeting. You know, and then I say okay. You ready to do this? I guess. Sure. We right. <laughs> later. You know. Of course, yeah. that's the way it's going to happen. Incredible. Then, you know, yeah. then you, that's how you ran the marathon. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. We figured it out. We made it happen. It was fun. It, it, it worked out. Anything, all right, Brooks, anything else you want to tell them besides that, entry level and all that? Back now you're on tour. What? They'll figure it out. Who cares? Yeah, it's all fine. Uh, I'll be in Chicago, actually, over New Year's doing shows yeah. with John Oliver. Uh, we switch back and forth on who opens. Uh, you and John Oliver? Yeah. So if you want to come to the show, <laughs> who knows who will open. But yeah. if, if you see him close, just know I closed the night the show before. Right. If I go to if I go to a show and I see John Oliver's clothes, I'm walking out. I'm like, I, I did not come here for fucking John Oliver to close right. this goddamn show. No, yeah, I always tell the crowds, I'm like, guys, I know it's 50-50. Give John a shot. <laughs> well, that's great. That's New Year's Eve. You got that show? That's yep. always a fun time. Where where's that gonna be at? Chicago Theater. <sighs> what a dump. All right. Well, uh no, it's one of the most amazing theaters in the world. And it's gonna be incredible. All right, Brooks, thanks again. Once again, and uh, go check out Brooks Wheel and all that stuff in entry levels of podcast. Thanks, Brooks. Bye, CJ. You're the best. And we're back at the Blackout Diaries with Sean Bear Flannery and CJ Sullivan. That was Brooks Whelan, who just left the studio. Um, <laughs> I love – because I've always had a theory. I don't know if I've ever had a chance to share uh, this with you. We're talking about like drunken feats of strength, and mm -hmm. I would have been perfect – as your coach for the 40. And I think you almost instinctually did what I want to do. I want to be a coach for these yep. drunken foot races that happen at the end of nights. And yeah. this is uh, going to be my, uh, like, how I'm going to tutor my athletes. I'm like, like, a listen. like a drunken Mickey. Yes, exactly. Right. I'm like, okay. Don't get in a three-point stance. Mm -hmm. Don't don't try to beat this man. Because if you've noticed, every drunken 40-yard dash, only one person finishes. Yes. <laughs> You're right. Somebody hits a parking meter or something. <laughs> yeah. There's always a video. It's right. amazingly violent <laughs> outages. Yeah, it's it's full like death race, foot racing. death race 2000 type eliminations. <laughs> like people fall into open sewers. All like. Right. <laughs> yeah, tractors, piles of leaves that have a fire. So that are, are covering up a fire hydrant or something. Like running at full speed is a borderline dangerous thing to do when you're in charge of your body. Yeah, you're you know? right. So I was right by not getting down in the stage. I think you were 100 percent right. You know, it's like kind of a tortoise in the hair type situation. Absolutely. You know, which usually doesn't apply in a, a dash. <laughs> <laughs> but when you throw drunkenness in there, <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it absolutely is enough. Before we get into that, Sean, actually, um, I was looking up. Does 
uh, for this episode, does drunken mm-hmm. does drinking um, make you stronger? You know, for these feats of strength and of some and people of, th- believe that, right? You need to believe that, and they say and 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 all these. I like, I like what I just like how like scientists and doctors have to answer these questions online. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I love when the internet like goes up to science's door, like knock knock knock. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're wondering. <laughs> Am I stronger after half the bottle of vodka? <laughs> right, and they're like, and, they're, and, they're, and, they're, and you can you can hear the sigh before they answer. Like they type out the almost sigh. Like, you will you will believe you are. Yes. <laughs> now you're getting into perception is reality. Technically, yeah. No, of course, you know, of course, you're not. But you're going to think you are because you feel yeah. no pain. You have no inhibitions, and you shit. can't estimate anything correctly either. Right. <laughs> so you, you you think you're being successful at something when you are not you 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 know you yeah so I love yeah. that when science has to go well this is, is that we're actually getting into philosophy here, and we're, <laughs> we're we're trying to explain what truth is exactly <laughs> and you're just not prepared to accept right. that do you, know? you think you're stronger yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah because like you know it's like a blood thinner like there's no way. You're gonna perform better drunk. At anything. <laughs> right. You know what? It exactly. is a banned substance in the Olympics. I don't know. I don't think we've what ever is? talked about this on the podcast. And it's very funny why it's a banned substance. It's it's for uh, two events: one in the summer. Wait, one alcohol in the or blood thinner? Alcohol is a banned substance because it is performance enhancing for two events. Ooh. And those two events, they're very similar: one mm-hmm. summer, one winter. So archers and snipers, archers. like the biggest advan- advantage yeah, at that yeah. level is slowing down your heartbeats because I guess the trust compression mm. affects your aim at that level. So like they were like having some beers before right. the biathlon in the winter and archery in the summer to slow their heart rate down. So I, yeah, I love well, that the two, it's a performance enhancing for the, and it makes sense. The events with weapons, <laughs> weapons are done better when drunk. And the cold too. I like that. Yeah, too, that's true too. That's kind of like all those 60s like uh, football stories, too, like the ice bowl. Like, oh, I had, mm-hmm. about, I had a bottle of brandy to warm me up at halftime, and like, I kept it in my pants out there in the field. Like, what? That's also awesome when scientists talk about that because like, they're like, you, you could survive the cold better. Like, the, Then you get the, you hear that long sigh. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. absolutely not. It's a blood thinner. You're, you're going to lose body heat faster. You're just not going to feel the cold. You <laughs> Alcohol allows you to ignore your body's crises. Yeah, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all it is, is ignoring reality. But it, I must remind you, reality will come up ca- eventually. Yeah. We'll catch up yeah. to you. <laughs> is it sometimes nice to not have to deal with reality? Yes. <laughs> but have you defeated it? No. <laughs> yeah, that's Brooks' story. He ran a marathon, got it done, beat Oprah, and but uh, his body was shut down for about five months afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, destroyed. some people claim they. I, I once uh, somebody told my one buddy was really into marathons and the Clash, mm-hmm. and this story is the perfect. I don't know how true this is, but he claims Joe Strummer once said in an interview, like uh, like a great lie, like mm-hmm. like, and he said it supposedly like a liar, like oh, I never told you about the time I run the London Marathon, and they're like what? And he like apparently <laughs> left a recording studio in combat yeah. boots, sees the active marathon going, and just right. jumps right in just and runs it. <laughs> Blind drunk. In boots. <laughs> In boots. <laughs> Blind drunk. Something about the marathon. It's just a marathon just aggravates. I think you were talking about it earlier, how people make it their personality of the road. Oh, yes. So it, so it angers <clears throat> us. And like mm-hmm. we've always said, and, you know, they – you know, it's such a big to de- big to deal. It wakes you up in the morning. The city marathons, you know, the mm-hmm. people going out because they want you. It's all about supporting them. You know, like I don't want to support your your exercise just because you have a goal or something. You know what I mean? Like because they block off the streets. You know, it takes my up a, my favorite day. was when. Do you remember the year you were still living in Chicago? The year so the Chicago marathon is always mm-hmm. in. October, because they figure it's going to be autumn weather, perfect marathon uh, running weather. And like about five years ago, it was 92 in October (laughs) in in like with 100% humidity. And like three runners died, straight up died. And they're all like runners were passing out. But this was the best part. 
the reason they they had to cancel it, it was the first time the marathon was ever canceled, and it was canceled mid-race, and it was because so many people were requiring medical attention, and the ambulances couldn't navigate the marathon route <laughs> because of all the street blockages. And it was right. like, yes. Yes. <laughs> They're finally the victim of their own <laughs> <I know. laughs> mapping system. <laughs> we just always say, like, yeah, we have to find new routes downtown because Gary's got a goal. And like, and they're out there forever. Like, okay, if you're from Kenya, that's fine. You know, if you're actually com- competing, you know, <laughs> what do you just got? You know, Gary out there, sick, like at one p.m., <laughs> just like yeah. aim- aimlessly going down Fullerton. Okay, can we open up these roads here, please? <laughs> We're a city of commerce. This is the third biggest economy in America. <laughs> God sakes. So yeah, I mean, I'm not proud of it, but when I do hear that people die during marathons, I'm not. I don't feel too bad for them. The you should like your- the, even marathon runners should should like that because that's what gives us. Your the respect that you're yeah, demanding that's, out that's, of it. We're like, oh, you know, some people die doing it. You're right. That that penny that you're wearing is your badge. That's your military badge <laughs> of honor. That penny that says Gatorade on top of it or whatever, and, or or some local bank that's sponsoring you. <laughs> that's amazing. The ambulance is getting blocked off. Um, well, CJ, uh, speaking of marathons and drinking, this is maybe something I. This is something I'm going to propose that this is a case that you and I could help solve. Okay. This, this is, is some- uh, yeah, this is one of our investigators saying, uh, one of the, um, <laughs> One of the services we provide here in the Blackout Diaries, if <laughs> that, you will. That is. What are the, you can, we have a successful podcast, or a growing podcast, uh-huh. but um, so where we really hang our hat yeah. is on our investigative wing. Mm-hmm. And we can go into any city and we can crack, uh, we can crack drunk crimes. And okay. this is a drunk crime that went viral. Uh, this was actually earlier this year. Drunk man spikes water for Mexico City Marathon with liquor, and police are looking for him. <laughs> It's a speed records weren't the only thing that risked getting smashed. A prankster tried to turn a marathon in Mexico into a 26.2 mile booze cruise when he spiked the runner's water drinks with rum. Ooh, God. That the brazen up. booze hound, who is now being hunted by cops, even filmed himself drunkenly pouring the alcohol into water cups at the halfway point of Mexico's marathon, saying, This fucking race is going to be the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Sean, if I if I know drugs like we do, I I I, I would doubt this guy is um, like the ilk of the guy who like poisoned the Tylenol or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, see, he, that's he, what's so funny. The police are like, you know, this man could have killed thirty people, blah, blah, right. blah, 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 and they're talking about him which, like which it's true. like it's a subway bombing. It's could he have done that? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> did, did this have even a second of foresight? Right. There's no. No. There's no such thing as premeditated when it comes. And to- I'm going to go ahead and and blame civic planning in mm-hmm. Mexico. I know you would. Because what happened is this guy left a discotheque that was okay. allowed to stay open till six in the morning. All right. He exits, and then they're setting up the race right in front of him with the cops. What's he gonna do at that point? <laughs> I mean, he probably had no other no course of other course of action. He couldn't get home. Roads were blocked off. And <laughs> let's. Stuck. He enters the stage where I like to call. Let's see what this is about now. Leave <laughs> <laughs> the bar. What's going on here? Well, let's see what this is about. Oh, it's a marathon. <laughs> well, I will, and when you're drunk, yeah. what if when you're drunk? What do you think everyone else craves? Yes, you you can't so he, believe he they would want being generous, this. right? Who wouldn't want a free drink? And who <laughs> wouldn't want a shot? Who wouldn't want that? You can't you can't believe what people don't want to drink with you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a free shot, you know. Like, yeah, no, I don't really want it with lunch. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I it's interesting because I I could go either way on the severity of this crime. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, I'm like, okay, easy, they're not gonna die because like yeah. they they were speaking about it in very melodramatic language. But then I was on, on the other hand, I'm like. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's <laughs> a surprise shot of rum. <laughs> yeah, when you're running a marathon in Mexico, given <laughs> with those conditions, yeah. I mean, Brooks just told it. He, he downed that bottle of Mountain Dew, and his body almost went into convulsions in the middle of it. Well, I've I've almost died accidentally sipping vodka, just hung over. You're right. If you don't like on a well, couch, right? If you don't know it's going to be vodka, and you drink it like it's water, which happens a lot—not a lot, but yeah. you know. So, so I was drunk. It's very. Confusing. It's happened to every drunk. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it like is. you don't realize how cautiously you slip, you sip alcohol <laughs> until you, <laughs> you know. accidentally right. sip it, and you don't think it's alcohol. You're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I remember a famous story with that. Does um. 
of our great friend Pat Bryce, late Pat Bryce, whose birthday was uh, November 20th recently. Um, we were at in Chicago. We were at, we went to we you were, were at a strip club. Yeah, we were at a, we were at a strip club in Chicago. It was the Admiral or something. It was kind of one of those late night. Well, it was always like, like one of those things, like late night, like in the city. Ah, let's go there because it's still open. Sure. But, but they didn't serve alcohol there, you know. Mm-hmm. But you could smuggle your own in. That was the mm-hmm. thing. So it was a bunch of us there. Um, and uh, <laughs> I think TJ brought the bottle. Of vo- it was a bottle of vodka full, like a huge liter of water. You know, like plastic <laughs> bottle of water, like bottled water. Yeah. So, <laughs> and we're passing and drinking. <clears throat> I mean, just so far back. What could go wrong? Yeah, right. So far back, you go, you could go, you could, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you could smoke inside back then or something, something was. I think you on. could. Yeah. You could. Yeah. yeah. Abs- right. Absolutely. And so, um, so they're obviously on the lookout for things like that, and uh, <laughs> we're we're drinking the, we're drinking the vodka, passing it slowly, and Bryce <laughs> just grabs the bottle. Here, give me that, thinking it's water. Yeah, you know, and that's oh, give me that. I need, I need this, and starts chugging it hard. You know, and it's and it's just straight <laughs> vodka. We're, and, and like before, as he's you know, as he's chugging it, we like we all collectively realize he doesn't know that's vodka because <laughs> there's, there's no way he right. would do that. Yeah. There's no way he would that aggressive, like you know, Animal <laughs> yeah. House Belushi style, yeah. just like knocked out a bottle of Jack like that. And so we're like, oh god! Before we could say that's vodka. We didn't yell. He go. He goes sprinting across, sprinting across the room. It's this big, wide open area, you know, this, this in the strip club, and he goes to this like huge, uh, you know, janitor sized garbage can, like uh, like a school thing. Put like a barrel. It's a barrel, and he puts both arms on it and he starts throwing up immediately, just like aggressively throwing up into this uh, uh, trash can. So security comes o- comes over. Okay, okay <laughs> they buddy. have a problem with yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's not allowed. You know, the da- dancers are watching everything. You know, the whole fl- the whole club's looking at this. And, and like, okay, buddy, you're obviously drunk. You know, you got to get out of. You know, you have to go. Yeah. And he looks <laughs> without giving a beat. Price looks turns up like behind him. Looks up at the bouncer with like <laughs> spit coming out of his mouth. He goes, "I had a cigarette earlier." Like screaming. Like, That's why he was getting sick. I had a cigarette. You know that makes me sick. <laughs> and somehow he talked himself into staying. <laughs> oh. That is a story. I love listening to stories like that. That would like. They're trying to calculate the percentage of impossibility that would be a post-COVID right. world. And I, I, <laughs> Just openly vomiting into a trash can <laughs> in a public place and yeah. being allowed to remain in the bar. Allowed to remain. I think he was just allowed to remain because the the bouncer's probably just impressed with the timing of his lie. Like, yeah. uh, like to be in such a bad hey, shape. Hey, he's at least up, the, he's at least together enough to <laughs> lie to me. <laughs> right. He's sharp enough. He's sharp enough to try to pull this ruse. I don't believe him, but yeah. you know he, he executed yeah. it well. And who are we kidding? You're not going to leave a strip club. He actually, he, I think he woke up with the he was the, the two separate ATM receipts. I believe I remember him always joking about like oh, he, oh yeah like you wake up the next morning look at the ATM receipt like what I do last night oh god all right well not as bad as I thought not bad <laughs> then, he, then he finds another pocket of another a completely separate one what they let me back in <laughs> I always said <laughs> it. This, yeah, I used to like get that, and I used to say it was like listening to the black box of a downed plane. <laughs> was looking at the receipts the next day. Look at your pocket and you're receipts. Like, oh right. God! Putting that oh together. God! And then it just gets worse and worse. Oh, you know? I can, yeah, I can see where this got derailed right here. This is where. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is where the radar went out. <laughs> oh, well, we God. should probably. Oh, we're at twenty minutes. Should we wrap it up, CJ, and then uh, save some of this other stuff for a later episode? Or what do you think? We got. Uh, well, let's see. We're, we want to wrap this up. We can. Sure. Um, yeah, maybe we'll save the other thing we were talking about for an episode on hangovers. Yeah, we'll keep this marathon straight. Yeah, we have plenty, yeah. plenty of plenty, especially now that we have a successful podcast, as you proclaimed yes. us, up and coming, verging and successful. And then, although I do like, I like us turning into an investigative. Uh, I have services. always wanted to do that. Like Jess has had to. Listen to that career <laughs> wish, Plot. but I'm like, I'd be a great private eye. How long do you think it would find to, to find that Mexican marathon? Uh, imagine he's still in Mexico. Us, yeah, us too. This is what I think. I think we either we either find him in three weeks, 
or we're dead in 48 hours, you and I. <laughs> right. Either way, it'll be a hell of a story. That would be our conversation <laughs> with the Mexican officials. Has anyone we're going to come, right. has come back in three weeks with this guy. Has anyone done dead? a true crime, podca- true crime podcast where they become the victims of the crime? <laughs> like the people doing the investigation? I'm going to take a deep dive into this and they get killed immediately just for their fucking jackassery. We would. I will say, Mexico City's. Not the ideal first sting no, for right. us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll right. stick it's, out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I got two cop-looking gringos <laughs> looking for this. That's definitely the black belt of uh, what we're trying to do of skill level <laughs> of going into Mexico City where everything is on the take. Well, at any rate, well, that'll be this week's episode of the Blackout Diaries. Um, sh- every Friday in Chicago, Sean Flannery hosting the Blackout Diaries live show where you hear these some of these great stories. Do you have one after Thanksgiving coming up or no? Uh, we're the, yeah, we're still there every single Friday. In fact, we've been can't almost get rid selling of, <laughs> You say they like, can't get rid of us now. We <laughs> No choice, but yeah. we're, we'll be We're there like Friday. mold. You, you, you know, <laughs> we're into the foundation now. Um, yeah, no, uh, we're there every Friday. Uh, I, w- I am going to start encouraging people to buy their tickets in advance because oh, uh, right. this week we came close to having to send a few people away. Uh, but yeah, every Friday, how 10 that, p.m. How does that um, work when uh, drunks who want to go to this blackout tires get turned away at the door and then you have the, the security system to Lincoln Lodge, which is about 20 level C improv performers? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always told Geary, uh, who's the cantankerous guy who runs the whole place, yeah. I've always said, listen, if we can't fit him in, it's no big deal. I'm, we're just going to send them to another ca- comedy show. Yeah, yeah. And five who cares? Stages. Right, you have four different stages. Like they're there. drunk. They're probably going to have a good time. Exactly. You know, it won't be the Blackout Diaries, right. but it'll be totally fine. Yeah, they're out. What, are they going to go home? You know, go yeah. to a bar, put them to a show. Tell them it's the Blackout Diaries, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the part I don't of the, know that they'll notice. That's the part of the genius of it. Yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't it. I don't Who knows? Who can remember? That's part of the show. <laughs> Not supposed to remember it. It's great. And you have your other show, of course, about your book. Your book, Places I Can't Return To. And then you have a live, uh, a live yeah, reading it, of it, Dave Sedaris style, I like to say. <laughs> 8 p.m. I have my uh, elbow jacketed um, yes. sports coat on. Um, yeah, 8 p.m. every Wednesday at the Comedy Bar. Nice. How about you, CJ? How are those bombs doing? Well, the bombs, the picks with bits, bottom line bombs on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. The picks are uh, they're starting to um, fall apart. The picks, <laughs> the picks itself. The bits are strong. The bits remain strong. The, uh, the picks do not. Um, a lot of fun things are happening in that thing. You know what? But I, but I have realized, so it's in this contest that was part of the ammo, like where I'm supposed to help in this Vegas contest. It's a season-long thing. Mm-hmm. But, but they also they give out quarterly prizes, so it's not all just winner takes all. But they also have prizes for last place. They call it a booby prize, you know? Okay. So, so now I'm in a world where the last two weeks have been really bad. So I'm like, well, maybe I can compete for this thing. And I looked at it, and there's a lot of people on it, but like, so now I'm in a thing, like, do I try to reverse my bit, you know, and pick and mm-hmm. try to lose? Probably the last thing I wanted to know was to know that losing is bad is good for me, because now I'm going to try to lose. It's going to the back, and it's just, I don't know. I just did my Thanksgiving uh, episode today, which I always and I always enjoy doing that best when I compare the teams to characters you get at Thanksgiving. And, like, uh, you know, Jerry Jones is, like, the rich, of course, aunt and uncle that, you know, oh, yeah, like, like your politically correct drunk uncle. Right, yeah. and they feel like they're above the family and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then things are always a disaster at the end. And the, lion, the lions are like that uh, <laughs> they're like that recovering addict uncle, you know, who like they insist on hosting even though we know they can't do it. <laughs> but all right, they're family. We'll give do them a shot. Do you have an oven? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fred. <laughs> right. They set, up a, they set up a card table for you to sit yeah. on, and then, uh, then you wind up leaving. So whatever. <laughs> Check that out if you want. <laughs> or just follow me on Instagram, CJ Silva was taken. Uh, that should uh, that should do That'll it. That'll do it. Like and subscribe. <laughs> All right, see you. A podcast network.